to the One 101 Podcast. On this show, we break down high-performing strategies, influential interviews, and try to develop discipline, mindset, and character traits. Please welcome your mostly Latino, somewhat literate host, Juan Guadarrama. Coach Juan, what's up? Big D, how are you? Good, man. Can you uh, hear me okay? Yes, sir. Thank you. I appreciate you coming in on this with me. Oh, I'm excited. Nice. Fuck yeah. I've I seen you've been jamming on a lot of these. Oh, dude. It's, uh, yeah. I do, uh, I do quite a few. It kind of, it's funny. It's like it goes in streaks. Like, I feel like I'll have them, um, I'll have them lined up and do like two a week or something like that for a couple months. And then it will be like nothing for a couple months. Yeah. Know? I mean, that's how I go. Unfortunately, that's how I record as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's so tough to balance it when it's not like not your main thing. Dude, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I know that you have yours. Is yours similar to that? We do pretty good. It's like we we had a break for a while. Um, we, didn't, we didn't do them for a while. But then we're, people like people listen to them. People like it. So it's like. Just gotta, so we started up, started up again, and we're pretty consistent with like once a week. Yeah, dude, it's tough. Well, we started, by the way. I like to go uncut. I'm, I'm oh, that's raw. how you got to go. Just go in. <laughs> uh, Danny Lear, uh, multi-business owner, dad, father. Danny and I met each other at old school fucking gym, which is crazy because – Upon doing more research, I think we know a lot of the same people. Yeah, we have all the same friends. Uh, which is kind of cool, kind of <laughs> funny. Uh, we met at 4 a.m. during yeah. the Arnold, when the Arnold got shut down, doing front squats together. And Nettie oh. goes, hey, you need to come meet this guy. I think you might know each other somehow. Uh, and I walked over and we, we kind of clicked from there. And we have a lot of the same circles, which is kind of cool. The first thing I was going to ask, how, 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 how did you and Corey link up? So Corey actually, uh, Corey's been a fan of caffeine and kilos for a long time. Um, and so he's kind of reached out a few different times. And uh, one of my old business partners in caffeine and kilos, Charlie, who's uh, he's not with the company anymore, but him and Corey, kind of met at the Arnold one time and Corey just kind of said, Hey, I like what you guys are doing and all that, you know? And then we had talked a few times, just kind of like through social media and whatever. And then the funny kind of funny thing is the first time I met Corey in person, it was the last year at the Arnold and I'm going up this escalator and he's coming down it and there's like no one else around. It's like the end of the day. It's super late, you know, and he's coming down. He's like, Danny Lear. I'm like, Oh, Corey, what's up? And then we talked as we passed each other on the escalators. And then he got to the bottom and I got to the top. And I was like, hey, man, I kind of got to go. He's like, yeah, me too. It was nice meeting you. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then that was that. And we're like, all right, dude. Like, all right, peace. But there's this understanding. It was, it was funny. It was like the first time we had met in person. But I felt like I had met this dude, you know, a dozen times, right? Just because he watched some of his videos. I've talked to him before. And. You know, we got a lot of the same friends and all this thing. And so 
uh, this year going out to Arnold, or actually in December, I was in Cleveland for a different event. And instead of flying out of Cleveland, I'm like, nah, fuck that. I'm, um, I'm going to go down to Columbus uh, on my last night there and fly out of Columbus the next day just so I can go actually like see Corey and see some other people. And, and so I set up some meetings in Columbus with some other companies that we, we have connections with. And then I, uh, I just showed up at old school 4am on a, a Monday morning. And I'm like, anyway, so I told Corey ahead of time, I'm like, dude, are you going to be there? Like you in town, I'll be there. It's like, all right. Cause I figure, uh, and he's like, yeah, dude, come on, come on down. He, like cleared his schedule the whole morning. Um, so I figure you want to meet someone. Uh, if you show up at 4 a.m. for a workout, you just get instant street cred. Right? I kind of showed yeah. them like, yeah, I know, I know this is what you're all about, so I'm gonna be all about it too. Um, just to show yeah. you, that I, I mean it. You know, that's that's what I did. I just showed up, and yeah. then <laughs> yeah. after that, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm your homies from there on out. Exactly. That's, so that's, that's why. Tight. So this year, yes, and two months later, or whatever, three months later, I'm back in Ohio, and I'm like, well. Might as well go see Corey. Better. I know where he's gonna be it for. Yeah, that's super dope. That's super cool, and and it's cool that the the fitness thing is like a common vehicle, and yep. it's it kind of like makes you best friends if you can kind of prove your ground a little bit, which yeah. is super dope. Um, I it was to it was of... nice it was nice front squatting for you this time because they didn't use bands. Last time I went, they had us front squatting on that jank ass rack using bands. And oh, I was really? like, Oh dude, it was, a, it was a whole experience. Uh, what did you train before? Cause I, I'm used to bands. Cause I trained, I oh, trained yeah. the same style, like a power lifting conjugate West side. Uh, right. So for me, it's normal. I know you do weightlifting. Were right. you doing weightlifting before? Yeah, so for me, it's just been like CrossFit, weightlifting, and then my background's in wrestling, like before, as far as like sports. Um, I mean, I did lots of sports, but wrestling was kind of my main thing. So yeah, yeah weight, weightlifting, like weightlifters don't use bands. The only time I used bands was uh, when I went out to see um, Louie one time at Westside, and it had me doing fucking power cleans using bands. Yeah, yeah, he does that. He likes to do that. That's his fit. He, he loves to do it. Did you guys record there? Um, we, I don't know, I think we got like a little, like a few little clips, but we didn't do anything major when we were out there, but that was a thing too. Like we, we just showed up and apparently he doesn't really like that. He does um, not No. but he was cool with us. Like we just showed up and he was actually super chill. Like he was like, yeah, come on in train. Like, let me help you guys out. And like showed us around the gym. Um, he had me fucking power cleaning with bands. It was, uh, it was actually, I was kind of surprised. Yeah, the one thing that you, I think, learned is you're not going to go there and not work out either. Oh, you show up. Yeah, you're... You better be ready to fucking balls of the walls. Well, (laughs) how I take it, too, is anytime I... I, If I'm going to your gym, I'm doing whatever you're doing or whatever you tell me to do, you know? Yeah, Uh, that's cool, yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like respecting. Like, I'm not going to go to your place and tell you, no, I'm not going to do something. I'm going to do my programming. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. right. (laughs) Exactly. It's like the first time I went to old school, I just went up to Corey. I said, all right, man, what are we doing? I'm like, well, whatever your workout is, that's my workout. Let's go. Yeah, that's that's the vibe there for sure. Anyway, you have yeah. no choice. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's dope. It's cool because it it, uh, it challenges because sometimes you get in your groove uh-huh. of doing the things that you want to do. But yep. I wanted to go back a little bit. I, I, I do this to kind of dissect um, habits and kind of 
trying to dissect performance um, of how you operate. Um, yeah. So with that kind of the storyline that you've probably done a bunch of times, but hopefully I can bring different light to it. What were you doing before running a gym and running caffeine and kilos? Dude, I taught PE for eight years. Really? And Oh, yeah. And I loved every fucking day of it. Um, and so, but, uh, but so then I, I was doing that and then and coaching wrestling. And then the, I got into the gym and that's been great. That was super cool. Really like that. Um, and then when caffeine and kilo started, there's just a real, it became very real. There's only so much time in the day. I had a newborn baby, uh, new company, um, plus the gym. And so like something had to give. And so that's when I, so I went part-time teaching for a year and then, and then after that, it was just time to be done. What was the, um, okay. So I'm in a similar boat with the second child and your girls are a little older now. What was the feeling of fear or courage? How did you manage determining, yo, this is it. I I need to make the jump. What, what kind of, could you walk through those feelings during that time? Yeah. So, you know what, honestly, for me, I I didn't really think it was a big deal. Um, I, my, my parents, uh, my dad owned a business when I was a kid and uh, then they got out of the business when I was in college, actually. Um, So my entire life growing up, like my, my dad ran a uh, air conditioning and heating business, you know, and my grandpa started it. And that's all my grandpa did is he just, he ran his own business. And then he had a bunch of like commercial properties around town and it was like he bought the land and then built the fucking building and then rented it out, you know. And um, so to me, the idea of, of kind of making your own money or, or being in business for yourself isn't like this foreign, scary thing. Like I always uh. knew that that's just I mean, I, like I said, growing up, I remember like my parents ran a business. We sometimes after dinner, my dad would need to go down to the shop to get some stuff done. And me and my brother would go down with him. We'd fuck around and try not to chop our fingers off on the sheet metal machines in the shop you know yeah (laughs) but that was like our place you know it's like oh yeah this is our it was just kind of one of those things you know so it wasn't that scary of a thing because i knew that people do that that people run their own businesses um the gym was going pretty well so it's like okay well that's like here's a perfect example right like people pay us money we offer them services like this it just kind of makes sense so really what it came down to was I was working from like 5 to 7 a.m. And then I was teaching all day. And then I, was, I would go to the gym and coach class at the gym. Then I'd come home, eat dinner, and then like sit down and ignore my family while I would work. Then from after dinner until or sometimes after the kid got helped the baby to bed. As soon as the baby was in bed, then I would work again until 10 o'clock, 1030 at night. So then, basically, Fuck. yeah, just basically ignore my wife. So that that's not a long term plan. You know, sometimes there's there's a seasons of life where maybe something goes down for a week or two or a month where shit gets kind of wild. But that's not a, a long term solution. And so, yeah, I was thinking something's got to give. And and my wife's a little more conservative than I am. And so that's why I started looking for like a part time teaching job. And I found one. And so I went to a halftime job and I did that for a year. And then after, by that time, I was getting a steady paycheck from, uh, from the business, from the company. And then, you know, that 
that eased my wife, her mind a little more. Um, and so then that's when I just got out of teaching altogether. But I mean, we didn't, I didn't take a check from the company for probably, well, not the, the, me and my two other business partners at the time, all three of us, like we didn't take a check for over a year, you know, because we're just, but you see it, like there's money in the business. We're just like every single penny you're reinvesting back into the company, putting everything back in, back in. And so I was always confident it'd be fine. Um, but once I actually started getting some steady checks from it, that, that made a big difference in my wife's eyes, especially, you know? Yeah. What does your wife do for work? She's a nurse. Oh, nice. So she works so in the, she... she works in the NICU. So the neonatal intensive care. Oh, like that's pre- so scary. Yeah, preemie babies. and Bro, that is so, we have a member that does that. And she tells me stories sometimes. I'm like, how the, f- how do you do that? How, how do you put like, an IV in this baby that weighs uh, less than 500 grams? Like, what the fuck? Dude, I'm that? crying just thinking about it. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's nuts. Dude, like, nuts. you look at your kids and they look delicate. And I'm like, how do you do that with a newborn? Oh, dude, not just a newborn. But you're talking like uh, premature, like, like the, like the palm of your hand. Like, this baby, like, fits in the palm oh, of your hand. You know? yeah. That's nuts, dude. Yeah. Um, How did you guys come about caffeine and kilos? It was a it was a mistake. It was an accident. Uh, we uh we just wanted to host a competition. Uh, we hey let's uh let's hold a competition and we'll get all the best weightlifters in the country. And there was after 2013, there was no money in weightlifting really. So we said okay, well, let's just give a cash prize and give them an audience, and we'll get people out. And I was competing in weightlifting for California Strength. Uh, the best weightlifting team in the country. And so I kind of knew all the best lifters um, in the nation. Uh. And, and yeah, and so I just kind of hit everyone up, said, hey, what's up? Come on out to California. Um, come lift to this meet. We're paying out cash prizes. We're going to have a crowd for you. And I mean, that's that's pretty hard to pass up, right? So yeah, um, and hey, the sanctioned meet, all that, like it's the real deal. And so then it then we held a, fitness crossfit style competition uh during the day and then in the afternoon we just had the one invite only session and we actually had people showing up that were um, we had like some ex-olympians out there we have uh, some national champions american record holders everyone came out and it is just a it was a good time um big weights people so the right it. time in the right place right huh? time right yeah well it was like, we had this idea, we should do this. We're like, well, where do we get the cash prize? Well, we'll get sponsors, all right? Um, well, we're going to need a venue. So how do we pay for the venue? And how do we get a crowd? It's like, well, let's do a CrossFit-style competition, teams, during the day, and get a bunch of people out. So they'll come out, have fun. It'll be like a big community event. And that'll offset the cost. So we can pay for the venue. Um, and then, so that all sounds great. So we started looking for venues. I went to this one place and this all happened over the course of like a week or two. Right. Uh, so we go to look at this venue like, Oh man, this is, this place would be fucking perfect. Um, we just need to put down like seven grand or something. And so I, <laughs> and so I knew I was like, all right, well, how many teams is that? Like we charge whatever X amount per team. And you know, how many, it's like, Oh, we'd only need like, fucking 30 teams and it would cover that for sure oh there's like we'll get that like no question we'll get like whatever 30 teams out to do this thing and so then i just pulled out the credit card and uh booked the venue 
didn't. Uh, Does didn't your wife know at this point? No, fuck no. Well, she <laughs> no, she knows that I'm like going to Sacramento to to look at some venues and do like going up there to meet some guys about maybe holding a competition. You know, like that's really all she kind of knew because that's all I knew. And so I figured I better. And, but <laughs> but I, again, to me, it wasn't really a risk because I'm like, well, I'm like, I'm totally, I'm 100 percent certain that we're going to get whatever 30 teams and then that that'll pay that and it's it's all good like it's just uh you know in a month from now whatever i'll have this money back so and it all worked out damn that's some real shit okay so how do you do that balancing act with your wife (laughs) Uh, (laughs) because i'm laughing because sometimes i find myself in the same seat yeah, your risk versus reward. Should I say anything? Should I not say anything? Does it matter if I say anything? Because I'm gonna do it anyway. Uh, <laughs> what What are your thoughts? Well, the, yeah. Well, what's What's interesting too is if if you and your wife have a if your uh, risk tolerance is different, that that kind of you know like ours is for sure. Um, I mean, I don't think it is because I don't like I didn't think it was risky. You know what I mean? But because yeah. I, was, I was confident, but I could see why somebody would think that. And my wife, like I said, is is pretty conservative with, with that type of stuff, um, like money and everything. So, which is good. You got to have one of each, right? Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I think just, I'm not going to go uh, else or I think it's something where if, if you know that there's going to be a return and you know it's like a true investment and it's not going to um, like hurt the family financially whatever i think then you just go for it you don't worry about it i told her later you know Uh, (laughs) but you know and i think that she knows like i'm not going to do something that's going to put us in a that's going to put us in a bind or whatever right yeah she's like all right well you better get these fucking teams signed up Um, man, but it's like the crazy thing that like that's the thing that makes you like go. Oh, I have no choice. I have only one choice. Yeah, that's it. Like that. That's it. There's only one choice. I have to make it. And- yeah, and I think you. And I think you always. It's funny we're watching uh, Ozark right now. It's like the worst. Uh, it's a great example of a couple that doesn't communicate in business and it's causing all these issues. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, I think that. It's the way you present it too. You know, I think you talk when you talk to your spouse, you don't just say like, Hey, there's this thing and it costs this and I'm going to do it. And I don't care what you say about it. Like, I don't think that's a good way to approach that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I think you kind of explain like, Hey, look, there's this opportunity and here's all the upside positives that are going to come from this. And I know it's going to work because X, Y, Z. And then you say, so we got to front this thing seven grand and we'll yeah. have it, you know, whatever. And it's like, and so then it's a different, it's a different. So, too. okay. So I'm interested in a couple of things. Um, well, I think, cause like one thing, I'm sorry, the, uh, one more thing about that. I think it's just the key to communication, right? Like the, the, the communication breakdown always happens, whether it be written or verbal when you, it always comes from assuming that other people know what's yeah. going on in your head. Right. And, and so like, it, I have this, my business partners a lot too, is I'm, I maybe have an idea and I'm thinking about it and I'm thinking about this for like days or even hours, like 
just for non-stop it's a non-stop yeah and and i've so i've got it all worked out i'm like i've you know i've thought of the pros and the cons and what could go wrong and what could go right and and you know i've maybe i've sat with this thing and i've thought about it for maybe it's been a couple days you know and then you present it and you expect them just to agree with you because to you it's a no-brainer but yeah you've also been thinking about this for three fucking days like when you first thought of the idea you weren't sure either it took you three days to like realize what a great idea it is and you explain it to somebody and you expect them to immediately be on board you know then when they're not they're like ah yeah like i'm not sure you know it's like then sometimes i find myself getting upset like what do you mean you're not sure it's fucking obvious i just explained it to you but it's like well yeah after you spent three like give them some time like give them a couple hours give them a couple days let let them you know work through it the same way you know you had this opportunity to work through it yeah and that same opportunity yeah. right that's that's so true how long you've been married uh shit uh, yeah almost 15 years i'm we've been married six but together for 10 years um so i'm just i'm smiling that like <laughs> there's things that uh you learn that you need to get really good at <laughs> in order to make everything oh, cruise at a smooth level especially like right now like i imagine you're oh. in the same boat of trying to parent your children and work at the same time and it's fucking goddamn nuts because oh, you're like and then like, school's canceled read, and but i have to work <laughs> and we need some money but you can't fall behind in school and i can't let you watch yeah. tv all day Jesus Christ! Oh, I, I need know. You to watch TV I know. for the next two hours because I need. Oh, <laughs> dude. Well, I, I have the the seven year old and the three year old. So the first grader, it's like you got to do the school stuff. The three year old still naps, and so that's like my ace in the hole. Is like when the three year old goes down for a nap, I'm like, all right, cool. Now the older one, it's like now you can fucking go on your tablet and pay, play Minecraft for the next ninety minutes, and I'll feel guilty. Because the other one's just like sleeping, you know what I mean? And so it's like it's like a little window where I can kind of get I can get a ninety minute block where I can get some shit done. And not dude, so it's out. so hard right now. Like I don't, people think it's hard without a kid right now. I'm like, no, dude, you you get to worry about oh. yourself. Are you kidding me? I have to juggle I, so many different yeah. things right now. Uh, um, exactly. How have you noticed or seen or where do you see weightlifting going from not having money for athletes and is it getting better? And should we do the same thing and team up to do it for powerlifting? <laughs> yeah. So it it is definitely better than it was. Part of that's the the membership of USA weightlifting as an organization has grown so much in the past you know, six or seven years. But so the stipends that USA weightlifting gives out, they actually got more money to athletes um, and more, they give money to more athletes and more money to the athletes that get it. So now if you are like, if you've got a real chance at going to the Olympics, like if you're, if you're good and you're of a, you know, that type of thing, like you're on the top lifter in the U S I mean, you can actually, you can make, totally a living wage just training right now now that that's hard to do you got to be again like maybe there there might be five guys and five girls who you know but there are those five guys or five girls or or 10 guys and 10 girls who do get stipends that are substantial enough to where you can 
you can just train full time and and eat you know eat something other than just fucking there wasn't that camp, before right? before um that right so I, I think there's always there been something in place with that but it was it was much smaller um much smaller i mean you're talking about the where they get their money from the usa weightlifting organization you know a big part of that is either fundraising they do themselves um or money from memberships well of course the more members you have the easier it is to raise funds and all that right and so the financial state of USA weightlifting has drastically changed. Um, and, but that doesn't mean it's, but that's a, that's a very small percentage of weightlifters that are in that category. Um, but at least it's, at least it's available yeah. and it's an option. What do other countries know? do? But I, I, oh man, I mean, I don't really know exactly, but I mean, it's all over the place, right? Like I know some countries, uh, regardless of the sport, right? Like if you win an Olympic gold medal, they're put on lifetime stipends, oh. you know, um, yeah. so that's dope. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, that's, it's just, it's just different. Uh, yeah, it's different. Um, sure. being a PE teacher, how, why do we not have weightlifting in schools? They do in Florida. <laughs> what about the other um, United States? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no shit. Um, you know, did you know about that? How they do it? It's weird. It's a, um, it's like a hybrid weightlifting, powerlifting. So I think they compete in the bench press and the clean and jerk. Why can't we decide on either? If I remember right, is it? I don't know. I think it's kind of dope. Yeah. I think it's kind of dope though that that's like it's 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 a weird thing. Uh, but yeah, in Florida, Florida high schools they do like this clean and jerk and. Um, I think there's a lot of Texas high schools that do powerlifting. Yeah. Yeah, Texas does powerlifting, um, I know. Um, I, I know it's actually right now, it's one of the things that USA Weightlifting is um, like going for, that they're actively pursuing, is getting weightlifting in uh, high schools like as that would a be sanction. Fire. For, um, yeah. So there's a couple high schools here in Northern California that do it, do a good job of it. There's these two brothers, uh, Kevin Doherty and Paul Doherty. And one of them is a teacher in Sacramento and one is a teacher in San Francisco. And so they run hassle-free barbell. And so there's, it's the same club. They just basically have two locations and they, they both like coach football and stuff. And so they get all the football guys to do weightlifting and so they, they have a weightlifting class, it's a PE class that's weightlifting. And they've had guys like um, go to world championships. They've actually got a girl who's supposed to go to the Olympics. Um, they've got, that's been postponed to 2021 now. Um, but they have every year, I mean, they have youth national champs and junior national champs um, out of that program every year. And it's because they're getting these well, kids yeah, we're, high school. We're probably and missing so, they, they so do, many kids because... No one gets an opportunity to touch a barbell till they're way too old. Well, yeah, because you get, I think that part of that, it's a lack of people who are qualified to coach oh. it or teach it. And so I think that as more people, it's again, like one of the uh, benefits of CrossFit is you're just getting barbells in more people's hands than ever before. So you have more people who are familiar with the barbell who might feel confident teaching some things um, to, to kids, you know? And so I think that's, that's going to be a big, a big benefit. I think we're going to see more, more younger athletes from the U S I mean, right now, a couple of the top athletes in the U S for weightlifting 
um, CJ Cummings and uh, Harrison Morris. I mean, those two guys, they both started pretty young and were competing at world championships and actually being competitive on the world stage. Like they were uh, setting junior and youth, setting youth world records, um, something that Americans hadn't done in a really long time. But like CJ was 15 years old and he was competing yeah. against adults. Um, and so, you know, what happened with him is at a young age, someone who actually knew what they were doing, you know, got a bar in his hands and started, and he was training. And so it's, so sometimes people think that, you know, America sometimes can't compete with the rest of the world in weightlifting. I think we can, and we're proving that we can. It's just getting people to start younger um, is, is really a Yeah, big well, there's so many right barriers. Now. There's the, the barbell barrier. There's the, the best athletes go to knowledgeable, knowledgeable coach. coach, access to stuff. Our best players are going to football and basketball. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah it's it's kind of like yep. a soccer argument yeah. i live in the soccer world and I'm like well we're getting a little yep. better the barrier is starting to get smaller um i'm with you with i would love to see like even imagine if we have crossfit s type classes in uh middle school yeah right just like to introduce right. some strength training and then get those yep. n- those very crucial teenage preteen years and like the development of all the hormones that are coming in and all those movement patterns like that would be ins- oh, like yeah. our, our kids not even fair they're going to kick her ass by the time they're 16 yeah. <laughs> yep. they're making fun of us yeah well <laughs> absolutely and that's that's something i've actually uh, seen with with youth lifters and stuff that's what they talk about is the younger they start, the better. So if you start kids, uh, you know, prepubescent, right, um, then they – and that's where they get the technique down. So if they get great technique when they're, when they're young, say when they start – if they start when they're 8 years old, 10 years old, even, you know, 11, 12 years old, they start lifting and they learn the technique. Then as their strength comes in, as they go through puberty Boom. and their hormones change and their strength comes in, Boom. And they've got good techniques. So they're actually less prone to injuries because what happens now is you get people like myself. I started competing in weightlifting. I was like fucking 26 yeah. years old or something. Right. So you can, and so you get people who have, who are relatively strong. They have some background in strength training, but they just don't know how to do a fucking clean or a snatch or whatever. Right. And so then they they muscle it like they're able to do more weight than their yeah, that's me. should allow them to, <laughs> right? And that's a and yeah, and that's that's a rest. Well, it's a recipe for a handful of things. It's a recipe for never reaching your potential, right? Like unless you uh, can put your ego aside and focus on the technique and stuff, right? But it's also a recipe for injury because if you're doing things and the technique's not quite there, like it's. You know, to a certain degree, if you're doing, if you're making weights that with shitty technique, like that's a, that's only going to last yeah. so long in your joints, right? And so that's kind of what happens too, is you get adult in the U.S., you get adult athletes uh, starting to do weightlifting and they, uh, they only have a couple years and then they get hurt. It's, it's, you just don't yeah. have that good base. So start, starting kids younger and perfecting that technique is, that's that would be so key, tight. Uh, do you think? Do you have any interest in going into the powerlifting world? You, it's the same problem. 
Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, me personally, no, nah, <laughs> I don't really. Um, no, <laughs> I, I, I don't really like the deadlift, man. That shit's hard. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I've done my fair share of squatting and, and pressing and everything, training for weightlifting, but. Um, I mean, I like powerlifting. I got a ton of respect for, for powerlifters. Uh, we, with Caffeine Kilos, you know, we actually, we sponsor, um, we've, we've sponsored USA Powerlifting before, some different organizations. We sponsor meets. Um, so we have a few athletes, actually. Um, Tom Callis, you know, is one of our athletes and some other guys. It's just, uh, it's, a whole man, it's like a whole world, other yeah. world. That's the. But me personally, training powerlifting is, is, not not appealing. <laughs> We're in the opposite camps. I'm just fucking. Yeah, that. yeah. I'll dabble. Like I'll do the lifts a little, but that's that's tight. You know. Um. Yeah. All right. I wanted, if you're open to it, to dive in a little bit more into your soul. <laughs> leading, leading with oh, this yeah. question, uh, and I think it it serves to teach um people. The question is, what is the hardest thing you've done or what's like the most suffering that you've done and how did you navigate out of it? Oh, man, that's um, that's tough. So there's different types, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's physical and there's mental, um, emotional, all that um, physical. Uh, man, might be the hardest thing we've ever done earlier this year or late last year i guess i should say it was in like september me and my neighbor uh hiked the top Mm -hmm. of mount whitney which is the highest peak in the Mm -hmm. continental u.s right um or congruous u.s whatever anyway the point is uh we it started hiking at midnight and it was the temperatures never got above freezing and we went to the very peak of that thing and like some people get altitude sickness, all that, whatever, I mean, altitude sickness. But anyway, all the way to the top and then back down um, in the one day. And we got back to the car at like, whatever, 7 o'clock at night. And we didn't stop walking, right? So basically we walked for whatever that is, like 20 hours straight. Um, and my ankle was so fucked up by coming down that thing. Yeah, you have no choice. <laughs> anyway, but And yeah, it's like, dude, here we are. You know, it's like. Your foot hurts. Oh, well. Right. Um, like we didn't have supplies to like stay the night and we would have fucking frozen death probably if we would have stopped. But uh, so that was one of the totally unprepared for it. Um, I thought it was just be a little hike. <laughs> like I didn't really look into it too much. And then um, like the week before, my neighbor's like, you ready to go? It's supposed to be like highs of, you know, like 26 degrees. I was like, oh, shit. And then I did some research and realized what I was getting myself Oh, you into. were just going to fucking wing it? Yeah, I didn't like – so people asked me afterwards, like, how would you train for it? I was like, train for it? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Like, <laughs> 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 what are you talking about, train? Dude, it's just, it's just walking uphill. You know what I mean? I walk up a hill. Um, did your like, wife make fun of you? I work out like uh, – three times a week i've worked out three times a week for the past you know my whole life like i feel like i feel like that's pretty good <laughs> um no nah, she's she's pretty she kind of lets me do my thing like if i'm confident in something she's not tripping off it so um sal's maybe one of like the most uh physically challenging things i've gone through mm. um mentally well i'll tell you one other thing that's been 
uh, difficult is something that a lot of people don't talk about uh, is actually miscarriages. Mm. Yeah. And so my wife had a couple miscarriages and I've never talked about this on a podcast before, but the thing about it is I remember the first one, it's a whole different, um, like it's tough for the, the man, but I mean, it's a whole different animal, you know, for the woman. Yeah. And so the thing that's tough about that is like everyone knew that she was pregnant. We'd been married for a while. Everyone's really excited. This is this the thing. first one? And so where's it's like the timeline? This is the first. This is so we had one before. So we have a seven year old. This happened maybe two years before we had our first. Child, okay. Yeah. We had our first kid. Um, and so the thing is now everyone you talk to, like if they know your wife's pregnant, what's the first where's question the everybody asks, right? Oh, how's the baby do? Or how's your, how's your wife? How's the pregnancy going? All this, you know? And so, so that's interesting. That's a whole, that's a whole thing there. So it's not like one time it happens and it's over with. It's like, you gotta be constantly, it's like, you're like a two week stretch where basically every conversation you have, you're telling someone that your wife lost the baby. Right? That you lost the baby. Yeah. And, but you know, what happened out of it though, is what ended up happening is, Every single person we talked to either said, uh, oh, yeah, I've had one, right? Like, we had a miscarriage. Or my sister, my oh, cousin, everyone my knows mom, someone. my whatever. And it, it's one of those things. But how many how many people you talk to about this? No. Like, honestly, like, I bet if you just started asking people, every fucking person you talk to tells you that either they themselves or someone they're close with have yeah, been Yeah, my mom. My mom but you don't one. know it. You don't know it. There you go. See, there we go. Like, that's yeah. a great, right? But, like, you would have never told me that if we weren't having this conversation. Because <laughs> yeah. because it's it's not a fun thing to talk about. Like, no one talks about it. And then when you do mention it to somebody, everybody has yeah. a story. Well, I think it's... You know? And it's kind of one of those things think, where it's like the... Well, back in the day, ahead, it was yeah. way more common, and it's still common. Right? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's not... And I, and I think back in the day, people probably even talked about it less. Yeah, you know. So yeah, does it help? Um, did it help a, a bit at all that your wife's a nurse? I don't know. See, that's tough because she's a nurse, um, so she's well aware of everything, you know, like going on physiologically, whatever. But also, remember, she's a, a NICU nurse, so she's she goes to work and takes care of babies and not just babies, but preemie babies. And so a lot of times these premature babies, sometimes, you know, families, normal things just happen, but a lot of times, a high percentage of times it's a high risk pregnancy. Either the parents are on drugs or the mom is really young or really old for having a baby. Um, No prenatal care. Like these are the types of things that, that are risk factors that'll increase someone's risk of having a baby that's, born prematurely or sick or whatever so you know she'd be at work taking care of this this poor this baby whose mom did meth through the entire pregnancy you know and she's like this baby made it the entire pregnancy with this mom who is doing all of the wrong things and then you're over you're over here doing all the right things and it just wasn't the time yeah you know and so that was, I'm sure that was difficult. That's mentally tough. But the plus yeah. of that is, like, I always tell people that don't have kids, like, dude, you have to go through so much shit. 
for all the happy moments that you get to have with your kids. Yeah. Like that's a fucking earned respect. Like to be able to cuddle and fucking laugh and talk about farts. I don't Uh know how it is with girls, but. Oh, dude. Oh, it's the same. Farts. Corn butt. (laughs) (laughs) Like you got to earn those fucking days. Uh way yeah. more oh yeah uh, and you know it's been kids are resilient too like one day my daughter will be doing something and it's like she's in trouble and then you know like 10 minutes later she's like coming over giggling like like you think they're like oh man like i really need to get on her about something i'm like oh dude she's gonna be pissed that's that but it's like not nah, an hour later like you're probably laughing having a good time like they bounce back so yeah cool. it's pretty tight um what is a uh... Without going too, I well, however deep you want to go into, what is your strategy on disciplining? Oh well, it's different for different kids, mm. and that's that's that's. I'm not there yet, yeah. Because my, oh, dude. So my oldest daughter, um, she, both my kids are pretty good. Um, she, my oldest one has a lot more energy. She's a little more challenging, uh, but like we we found that she would sometimes would throw these fits. And nothing would work. Nothing, nothing. And it was like, sometimes, um, like she would make it worse, you know, like, all right, put her in a timeout. Well, then like, she's in there fucking banging on the door or whatever, screaming louder than before. And then you go in there and like, tell her she needs to quit. Anyway, it was like, just nothing worked. And it's like, if you did try and spank her, that just made it worse. Just fucking set that like took it to the next level, you know? And so like, like, oh dude, it was, but then we figured it out. Right. Like we actually figured out what works for her. She's very rewards based. So it's funny, dude. We implement this fucking star chart where it's like there's these categories like, oh, did you get ready for school without whining? You get a star for that, whatever. Right. And it's like and it's so funny. And it sounds so like, uh, oh, it's a star chart, whatever. But dude, no, no dude, shit. Things like that matter. We, imp- we implement this star chart and it's a different kid. It's a different kid. Like, she hasn't thrown a fit, totally lost it. It was happening, like, a couple times a week. It's like, now it hasn't happened at all in a couple months. It's How'd like you the, come up with that? My wife. It's it's all her. All this parenting, anything parenting involved, <laughs> is, is she figured it out. It's so funny uh-huh. that, like, you problem solving, you come up with some dumb shit, and it works. And it totally works. Yeah. And it's like, it actually, it's great for me, too, because at the end of the week, they get, like, a reward. So it's like, okay, on they want it's gonna be ice cream or whatever. It's like, all right, if you get forty stars this week on Sunday, like we'll go to ice cream. But then it's dope because then I'm like rooting for them. We're on the same team. I'm yeah. like, I want them to get those stars because I want to get the ice yeah, cream. Yeah, I'm like, you we know? don't want you to lose. We want you to fucking win too. <laughs> yeah, like I've been like I haven't had ice cream in, in, in a couple months. I'm I'm pumped up about going on get ice cream on Sunday. You better get your shit together. <laughs> you know? Uh I'll share a quick one that uh so yeah. Lucas fucking at some point started peeing his fucking pants again because he didn't want to go to the bathroom and oh, then yeah. i took an edible one time and i thought i'm like yo yep. i have a game we're gonna do the pee challenge the pee challenge is we call each other out and you can't back down so i'll go danny pee challenge we go to the bathroom yeah. together we whip yeah. it out first one to touch pee to water wins and then from there oh. on, from there on out never again yeah well because then yeah because then every every uh 
I'm sure the rest of that day, he's like, oh, pee challenge. Like, yeah. He wants to get in there. So, and now, so now it's fucking hectic. We're jumping up and down because you're waiting to the last minute because you want to <laughs> be the first one to hit the water. Oh, yeah. You want to be able to go right away. <laughs> so yeah. you want to go. You don't want the stall. <laughs> Dude, that's, <laughs> that's so funny. But that's like exactly like so my, my younger one's a three. My, she's three. And she's potty trained. But like every now and then, like she'll slip up, whatever. And so I'm like, can you go to the bathroom? It's like, or she's like, comes out of the bathroom without any pants or underwear on. And she's like, I'm going to get a new pair of underwear. I just got a, just a little <laughs> bit of pee in these ones. That's tight. <laughs> like, I, you don't even know what that means. You're like, is it really a little bit of pee? Or is oh, she just yeah. All over? You, you, you mean go, it's the whole You got to go investigate. Thing. It's the know? whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> you mean you soak. Um, right? yeah. All right. I'll, we'll end with a couple more because I know we both got a jam. Um, what is something that you've recently learned? or learning or working on yep right now i am something i'm focusing on is being a better writer uh i i don't write i mean i've written a little bit just time to time like mostly emails and stuff like that but like not like emails like me emailing you but like an email going out to the entire gym and that type of thing right um it's like blog post style type type things so so i've i've done that before and and i've um anyway i realized i'm like i just need to be a better communicator better writer and i think being a better writer will help me be a better communicator and a better leader overall and so i've been reading all these books on uh on writing and there's actually it's like anything there's like more interesting less interesting better worse whatever um and i'd read one or two before but so that's my latest kick i've been on is i've just been buying i've been buying books that are about um because I read quite a bit, or I like to read anyway. So I'm buying books that are just about that. So like every weekend, I'm trying to read another book um, that'll make me better. So like last weekend, there's this, uh, Stephen King has a book that's called On Writing. And I've never even read any Stephen King books, to tell you the truth. But I figure like he probably knows how to fucking write. <laughs> and so it's, it's like half a memoir. Like the first half is kind of his life story. And the second half is like, here's some tips that will make your writing better or make you a better writer. And so like that type of thing. And so I read that last weekend. I'm just kind of yeah, every weekend I'm reading a different book on how to be a better What's writer. What's one change uh, right that now. you've done that has been helpful? Um, well, I think of, so the book I read before that one was influence, which is really like how you phrase things. Um, about being persuasive but in the right way like if you have good intentions then you it's good mm-hmm. right um and so it's just like the way you phrase things when you write is something stephen king talks about also is uh, less passive um don't be so passive with things mm. right and so instead of um i don't know if i can think of an example right now on top of my head but i just know that when, when i write things now when i read back over it there's a lot of maybe extra words that are in there that actually make it kind of soft. Um, and it's good to be emotional and, and empathetic, but there's a difference between displaying empathy and being soft and beating around the yeah. bush. Right. Um, it's like, you might want to go check this out. It's like, no, just say, go check this out because it'll help you. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, and so, so that, that's kind of it as being, a uh, less passive voice. And then also, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's probably one of the biggest changes. I mean, we should do that in our communication as people in general as well. 
for sure. Like, tell <laughs> someone what you want. Like, don't make the... <laughs> and I, I do all this. I make these mistakes, too. It's like, you make a suggestion, and then you're upset they don't do it. And you're like, well, I didn't really tell them to or ask them to. I just, like, suggested it. I mean, like, they... <laughs> maybe if I would have told them, like, hey, it's important that you do this, they would have done it. Yeah. You know? That's cool. Uh, we'll end with, I wanted to give you a huge shout-out on what you're doing with caffeine and kilos you guys are doing the i think a three-tier help system of hooking people up 10 percent off the store yeah. uh 10 yep. to a fund that is helping uh gym goers pay for the gym membership is that correct yep and helping gyms keep their gym memberships and I was listening yep. to this. I wanted to do a little bit more research on all the things that you were doing. So huge shout out on what you're doing. It's super helpful. Uh, it's super dope uh, that you're able to contribute with things like that. Move the sport of weightlifting forward. Um, I appreciate you spending some time talking about some parenting, dropping some deep stuff in there. Uh, that That's super cool. And I'm also super grateful that we happen to be in the same fucking building, um, sh- sharing the same energy uh, back at old school. So, th- so that was also super cool. Um, and hopefully I can maybe make it out there, hang out after all this, do some more lifting stuff, talk some business, talk some training. Um, that's kind of all I got. Where can people follow I- all the stuff they do? Yeah, for sure. So caffeineandkilos.com is, uh, is where you want to go. Um, and then on Instagram, uh, mine is Danny underscore Lear, L-E-H-R, um, or just hit up uh, the at caffeine and kilos on Instagram. And the so podcast. Way. Check it out. The podcast, Gas Station Cappuccino. Right. So hit up, look up the podcast, Gas Station Cappuccino. Some shows are just uh, me, like solo shows. Some shows have my business partner, Dean, on there with me as well, but always a good time bro thank you i appreciate you coach juan i appreciate you we'll talk soon brother all right man sounds good